Welcome to the Teacher's Lounge, presented by Curriculum Track, a brief retreat from your daily routine to explore the latest thinking and practices from faith-based educators and instructional leaders from all over. Join us as we swap innovative ideas geared towards promoting your school's mission, and we'll keep the conversation as fresh as you like your coffee. Ron Gordon of Renew Nation joins us today in the Teacher's Lounge. Ron is the Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer, as well as the leader of the Christian Education Division there at Renew Nation. Ron brings an industrial and systems engineering degree and background in the defense and manufacturing industries to that role, which I find fascinating. I want to have him share a little bit about that here in a few minutes. But in addition to all of that, he's been involved in church plants. He's led Awana groups. He's helped over 50 Christian schools through renewal and startup efforts. He also happens to be married to Tanya Gordon, a lifelong educator and leader who serves through Renew Nation as the Educator Advancement Program lead there at Renew Nation called REAP. She's also contributed to the Curriculum Track blog, so some may be familiar with her, but today it's a pleasure to welcome Ron. It's a pleasure to be on with you, Michael. I appreciate all that Curriculum Track does for supporting Christian education, so thank you. We appreciate Renewing Nation as well and the work that you do there. And we'll take some time towards the end of our conversation to talk more about Renewing Nation and the resources that you provide. But in a nutshell, could you describe for us what Renewing Nation is all about and also connect your experience in industrial systems and engineering into the role that you play there? Sure, I'd love to. The story of Renewing Nation started with Jeff Keaton, our founder. He started the ministry back in 2002. In 2007, when he felt God moving him and giving him a vision for giving more Christian education to the masses, not just one group, he launched Renew a Nation. And so 2008, 2009 timeframe is when things got going for that ministry at the time, very small group that was really passionate about telling people about how important Christian education was and roll forward to about 2014. At the time I was in the defense industry. I had been for 20 plus years leading different groups and doing process improvement and leading teams in our defense industry businesses of ITT at the time, night vision, and a lot of military items. I connected during a transition with Jeff, Renew a Nation. This was something that I needed to get behind and get involved in. I had the fortunate blessing going through Christian education up through the eighth grade and was part of a solid church biblically and had a family that raised me in biblical truth and all those things. I knew when I heard the vision, the mission of Renew a Nation, that in fact, as our vision states, we're here to transform culture by giving millions of children a biblical worldview. That just resonated with me. You know what? That's it. And in 2015, I started working with Renew a Nation part-time first and then ended up transitioning full-time fairly quickly because I could see that God was at work and we were having a great opportunity to really fuel the work of Christian education across the country. That was the connection point, how we started Renew a Nation today. We have multiple facets of our ministry. Christian education is still the top focus, but when we look at a worldview, it's shaped by a lot of different factors. And so we expanded beyond Christian education into the ministries for church and family as well. And we have various different areas of each of those that we work with. We also have a camp that just a story behind that one that is in Pikeville, Tennessee. It's 800 acres on the side of the mountain that we are blessed to do ministry there. Dave Secura 
leads that team and creates a venue for us to do some of the work that we do as far as events and trainings and the like. And it also is a great camp and opportunity for the local region there. And there's a whole plethora of stuff we'll get into hopefully, but it's really been a blessed journey that God has us on. Yeah. And as you look at the Renew Nation website, renewanation.org, Renew a Nation, that's the way it's spelled, you see the three prongs, school, the Christian school, but the family and the church. And I think as I've had a chance to talk with a lot of school leaders, especially non-denominational schools that aren't necessarily tied to a church per se, they recognize that there is maybe a lack of health in the family, obviously in America today, but also in the church when it comes to disciple-making and spiritual disciplines and promoting spiritual growth among their teens and the younger Mm -hmm. children. And so it feels like to some, based on some of the conversations I've had, that the Christian school has been asked to step up and fill a role maybe bigger than what was originally envisioned, where they're not necessarily partnering with healthy churches and families. They're carrying a lot of that burden today. So it's great to have an organization like Renew a Nation that's not only trying to help schools, but also the families in the church as well. Absolutely. Yeah, Deuteronomy 6 makes it fairly clear that parents have the primary responsibility right. for teaching, for educating right, our children. And fortunately, it only tells us that we need to worry about that when our kids are in our house, outside our house, when they're laying down or when they're getting up. Wait a second, that's everything, right? right. Given that, our understanding of that is parents, we want to partner with parents. And the church's role is to support the family as well, is to help equip and prepare a model for discipleship in the home and by the parents. And that's what we do in some of the church and family ministry aspect is really focus on that. For the Christian schools, we need to see ourselves as a surrogate. We're the ones that are relied on, like you say, probably not the God wants all the time, but very heavily on becoming that primary discipleship point. And so it's a weighty burden and one that we take very seriously and all parents should. So let's take some more time later to talk more about Renew a Nation, but let's go to a kind of a 30,000 foot view with what might seem like a very basic question, but it goes to the core of your ministry and the work that you do. Why biblical worldview of all the components of Christian education, why did Jeff Keaton and his vision and the others there at Renew Nation, why are you focusing on biblical worldview? Why is that the thing that you keep in your targets centrally? Absolutely. From looking at life from a biblical perspective, the worldview aspect is what our parents, as we just talked about, should be primarily focused upon. One of our recent offerings for training is called Cornerstone. And the focus in the namesake says it all, the cornerstone of all things including our education, our understanding of the life that we live in should be based on biblical foundation. We don't call them subject matter areas necessarily, but creation content areas. It's all God's. It's all part of his design. He's the master designer. If you look at Barna's research today, unfortunately, George, we connect with him frequently on speaking occasions and he shares statistics and it's not a pretty picture. The percentage of folks that have a biblical worldview in America has steadily declined from generation to generation. And today, the latest statistic, I think is 4% of all Americans have a thoroughly biblical worldview. That is just important, right? We've not been doing our job in that. So why is that important? A worldview helps understand, again, back to the 30,000 foot view. How did we get here? Who are we? How did things get to the point that they're at in this world? What happens to us when we die? 
biblical worldview can answer all those questions in the way that the master designer God intended it to be. And that's why it works out really well when we live in accordance with those principles. When we don't, we see the ramifications of that in society today. And what George shares in one point is that he defines syncretism as probably the strongest worldview today. 88% is what he speaks to as folks that have a syncretist worldview, which is basically a potpourri of items from different worldviews, which ultimately has a lot of holes and gaps and creates some of what we see today in the pushes of transgender bathrooms and the aspects of social justice and what does that look like. On face surface, they sound right. Okay, that might make sense, right? The word justice sounds wonderful. But when you really get into understanding what that means and where that goes, it doesn't work out. It doesn't work out. Yeah. When you use the number like 4%, which I knew it was low, but I didn't realize it was that low. 4%, what is that of the U.S. population? Yeah, that is a U.S.-based. U.S. That's, population. Okay. That's correct. Yeah. That some still would consider to be a Christian country correct. to the extent that whatever, we're not going to debate all of those sure. terms, but 4%, that's a big decrease, a decline in biblical understanding and biblical truth and the foundations that we use to make our decisions at a time when our social and moral and political fabric is stretched, maybe even torn, tribal. But against that backdrop, we're seeing a huge increase in parents looking for alternatives for their children's education. And we hear schools who are reporting massive increases in families coming their way, which is a blessing, right? but realizing who we're serving and the culture that we're in, that even affects the teachers and yes. school leaders and our own understanding of what the Bible would teach today. So I guess my question with that kind of background is, as you work with schools, are you seeing the pressure in schools to adopt this biblical worldview, to clearly distill it and define it and make sure that everyone's on board with it? But what about parents coming maybe for other reasons, bringing their children for the safety reasons or the traditional right. values or whatever, who maybe sure. aren't necessarily completely on board with all that Bible stuff. They just want safety for their kids. Right. How do you address that as you work with schools? No, there was a lot of bad things that resulted from the pandemic, mm -hmm. but certainly one of the silver linings that was part of that was exposing what really is happening in education and specifically in public school education. And that has yielded millions of children over the past few years that have exited the public school and have either went into homeschooling or went into Christian schools. I'll just speak to two supporting data points in that from things that we do. We have a renewal program and we have a launch program for Christian schools. The renewal program is really focused on those that are struggling and feel like they can have a greater impact in their communities to help them put a path together where they can do that, not just survive, but have a sustainable model. We were bringing on three to five every semester, new renewal projects. When COVID hit, that sort of stopped, that did stop. Mm -hmm. And at that time, we were seeing about one every other month of an inquiry for Christian school launch. That has completely flipped since the pandemic. That's starting to pick up a little bit this year with some renewal efforts again, but the Christian school launch efforts 
have just went exponential. On average, we're seeing about a couple, two to three per week now of inquiries of folks that want to start a Christian school. Two weeks ago, we had 11 calls. It's one of the biggest weeks we've had of groups that have engaged with us to help launch a Christian school. So the need, the demand on Christian education is growing, which is a great thing. But to your question, to your point, it creates a different challenge. And that's, are our teachers, are our schools ready to handle what has created a very different dynamic? There is an influx of both Christian school teachers, that's a little bit of a different issue, but an influx of now new teachers into Christian education and also parents that, to your point, may not be focused on Christian education. They just want something better than what they saw during the pandemic and the lack of reaction of being able to get back to educating. So Christian schools have a different challenge, and that's to really become focused on discipleship, but there's an evangelistic aspect of that too that shapes a culture. And so really focusing on it, don't lose the recipe with respect to the foundation of why we even exist as a Christian school. We have to be very diligent, very intentional in a lot of different ways. That's why the REAP training that we'll talk about probably some more is so important. That's the point of impact. That's where the communication of what a biblical worldview is. That's where we live it out. We show them. That happens in the classroom a lot of times, right? Certainly with the overall culture of the school, every day, every teacher in every class, that's what's so important right now is to understand what it looks like to teach biblically. And if you put your systems management hat on, your engineering hat, you know that it's about the outcomes, right? What is produced by the process is how you measure the value of the process. And so as you apply that to education and even this idea, new word for me, syncretism, syncretism, Mm -hmm. if all we're producing is students who have just a little bit more Christian ease in their potpourri, the salad of their worldview, have we really accomplished the outcomes that we're hoping our process will accomplish? How do you address that? What is your take on that? Sure. No, it's a great question. And you're getting into some of the Lean Six Sigma backgrounds. So I like that, Mike. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yeah, expected student outcomes, that should be a starting point for Christian schools. What does it look like? We certainly recommend and support using mapping like what Curriculum Track offers in support of building that framework in place. So you guys have developed and, and system to that point of being able to use that. But it gets back to part of that intentionality is building that roadmap and understanding for each class, each item that we're focused on, that each lesson, that it really focuses on an understanding of where this come from. If we just use a prayer, which are all good, and that's where it's left. That only creates a, what Dr. Christian Overman, a great friend of ours, and we're trying to help carry on his legacy with some of his tools and processes. What Christian talks about is the secular sacred divide. That SSD mindset can even be strengthened in a Christian school if we do that. That only belongs at the beginning. And then we're going to talk about math. Then we're going to talk yeah. about science, right? That's not it. The cornerstone, right? Education is based in scripture. I love all the findings that are coming out right now in the scientific community because it points back to the design of what the master started, which is beautiful, right? So our teachers have to make sure our kids understand, our students understand that it's part of the design. And we can see that in his story, history. We can see that in 
the aspects of the orderliness of math and the mathematicians and why they even went there, how they came up with these theorems and tools and laws. Most of them, a good number of them were Christians, right? They understood what was happening. Same for science, same for literature. There's a huge opportunity. And that's why I get so excited and why I took a promotion with a 70% decrease in salary to do this. This is so important <laughs> and I get excited. So I better stop preaching, but. And I like that you use the term early on in our conversation, creation content, as opposed to subject matter. Let's stop segmenting math from science, from social studies, from biblical worldview. Let's infuse it together, right? I think would be your position. You talk about the sacred secular divide. How would you help a teacher who maybe does come from a mindset of there's math and then there's the other things we do that's the Christian part of the education like chapel and maybe even missions trips or starting the class with prayer? How would you help them or advise them to start infusing more of a biblical worldview into everything that they do? And is there too much? I'd first say a great starting point is to do some of this training. And it's hard for folks. Luke 640 applies to us all. We use it a lot of times with our children, right? They'll become like their teacher. When somebody in public school education comes into Christian school education forum, we need to develop this understanding. That's why it's so important to have as an administrator or leader, a very solid professional development plan. There's a mindset that, oh, they went to this Christian university Mm -hmm. or they graduate. That's not where most of the Christian universities are at. They're teaching teachers how to teach in a public school. They're preparing them for not what we want to infuse in our teachers. The REAP training that we provide, that's headed up by my wife, Tanya. I get passionate because I get her passion. You mentioned creation content and some of these other things. I'm parroting where I've heard of this, but it's really important for them to understand what it looks like to teach biblically in a classroom, because it's not how they've been trained and developed. It should flow out of their own relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. There's a saying that I've heard many times, I'm sure you have as well. You can't give what you don't have, right? So if we're not as teachers filling ourselves up with an understanding of that, we're not going to be able to overflow that to our students. So that's the course. I think training and then that cultivation of your own biblical view is super critical. So let's say that I am a teacher, a new teacher to Christian education, whether I've taught for a long time, public education, or I just got pulled in because I have a science background or a history background and my church school needed a teacher and they drafted me. Is that where you would recommend even those kinds of teachers to start? Or is there another resource, maybe a baby step resource that those teachers might find helpful as they're seeking to develop their own biblical worldview and how to teach from that? Sure. There's different resources. I mentioned the training that you can Mm -hmm. find from our website. A few core books too that I would suggest. One that one of our board members and just a pioneer to Christian education, Dr. Glenn Schultz wrote years ago called Kingdom Education. It is a great primer. It's an excellent start on those. Dr. Schultz, unfortunately, a few months ago, we were in preparation for him to be on our team as one of our employees, and we were going to be 
ongoing shepherd for his materials and kingdom education to create a legacy under reap in that regard. And he had a stroke. Appreciate your prayers for him and his family. His mind is as sharp as ever, but his physical abilities are struggling at this point. But we are in the process of getting those materials under the umbrella of Renew a Nation and continue that work. But that kingdom education is a great starting point for understanding the role of the church, the family, and the school in educating children. There's assumptions by Dr. Olbermann that affect our world. It really speaks to Greek and Greek thought versus Hebrew thought, Hebraic thought, and the differences that created in cultures in the past and how that is impacting and affecting today's society, but our understanding of education as well. So those are two good primers in that. If your school is in need of a boost, a real understanding of why this is so important or getting folks and parents understanding, there's two good resources there too. I'd say one, our founder, Jeff Keaton, he is a gifted evangelist for this cause. God has really anointed his words and people get into action when they hear him speak. Certainly consider him coming to your community, startup or a school to really just make it clear why this is so important to get moving. The other thing that we do, we have a Christian education focused and a biblical worldview focused magazine called the Renew a Nation Review. We send thousands of those out in the spring and the fall every year. We only charge shipping. So it's a great tool. It's an excellent marketing tool for any prospective parent that comes in, get them in their hands, for existing parents in there to remind them why it's important to invest in your children's education now, not just wait to help them in college with some expenses. You need to really focus and invest in your children today. If you understand better why this is so important, their minds, their hearts will align to where God wants them to have their children. I love the fact that Renew Nation is seeking to Shepherd, I think is the word you use, the legacy of some of these heroes in this area. You mentioned Dr. Christian Overman. A lot of the schools we serve are familiar with him and his work. We promote a set of biblical worldview standards from Isaac Newton Christian Academy that were right. developed. Dean, Dean Ritter, yes. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. Dean Ritter and Dr. Christian Overman mm -hmm. and the team there at Isaac Newton. And so right. a lot of our schools are familiar with Dr. Overman. It's great to hear that you're pulling his work in and promoting it. And then Glenn Schultz, I think there'd be very few of us in the Christian school movement, especially in the ACSI wing sure. of the Christian school movement that wouldn't have heard of Dr. Glenn Schultz. And so to hear that you're continuing to promote his effort and make that available. Great honor. Great to hear. And so as someone goes to renewnation.org, they'll see the tagline right there at the top, helping children develop a biblical worldview. That's what we've talked about today. You've mentioned a lot of resources. Is there anything else there that you would like to bring to people's attention? And maybe this is the question. Let's take it both sides. How would someone get involved with the ministry of Renew a Nation as a support to other schools, maybe supporting your ministry or promoting your work. But then the other side is how would a school or even a teacher take advantage of right. the opportunities that you provide? Sure. So I've mentioned some of the things that we do in speaking and writing and Christian school launches, Christian school renewals, as well as REAP with training. We also have, and we started this in the midst of COVID because of the uncertainty of the world at that point. We started an online Christian education service called Illuminate Academy. It's a fully accredited program. And so we do have some 
homeschool families that utilize and access. But what we have found is it's become a great tool for Christian school launches that really need some help with covering gaps that they have and not being able to find certain teachers or not being able to offer the full range of grades. The focus in Illuminate is sixth through 12th grade and even small Christian schools that want to expand their offerings to 12th grade, or they have gaps that they need to fill or different course offerings that they want to provide. It's a live mode. One of the things that is core is relationships. Our perspective is that we need in any area that we focus to be building relationships with individuals. The saying we have is organizations come and go, but people were designed to live for an eternity. So relationships is what we lead with in a lot of regards. So Illuminate, similarly, we want to develop relationships such that the, the students that are part of that are being poured into in the live setting with our teachers in Illuminate Academy. So we do record it so that if folks are missing classes or have a conflict, they can come and our focus has been certainly on the nation of U.S. over the journey thus far. But over the past few years, this area of Illuminate has started to create some opportunity. We're working with a group now in Africa and Uganda. There's other countries that have started to pipe in as well. So this gets us to the nation part of our namesake that yeah. we're looking at doing. On the church side, we do have something called Family Ministry Academy. We're trying to really seed with church pastors and leaders, the understanding of a model that is focused on teaching and supporting families, training them how to disciple their children, as opposed to the entertainment side of what has become very popular in the church world to just get the kids in and by getting the kids in, keeping them happy, their parents come and we get a chance to connect with parents. We want them to focus on also discipling those children. And so we do Family Ministry Academy to teach churches and ministry leaders how to do that. We do conferences for parenting, grandparenting. Dr. Josh Mulvihill is the leader for our church and family ministry side. He speaks, writes a phenomenal book that folks are buying right now that just it's a it's a blessing. It's called 50 Things Every Child Needs Before Leaving Home. It's a really neat origin of where this book came from Josh's life. And he's reproduced that, him and his wife, and really getting to a practical way of how do I disciple my child with a biblical worldview at home? And it speaks to anything from being able to cook a meal and how to create a love for music and reading in our children at home. So it's a very good resource in that too. Lots of stuff. And I was quickly taking notes because I wanted to pull a couple of threads just to add my encouragement to anyone who is listening to this to definitely dig in. The magazine that you mentioned, high quality, as you said, be a great addition to the Welcome Center in your school, resources to your families, because it's very attractive. I think magazines are going to make a comeback. People want print media. They're sick right. of all the digital stuff. And you are providing great resources for families and churches that would be very helpful as schools try to partner with the families and churches that they work with. So thank you for mentioning that. How often does that get published? Great. Yeah, no, it's a spring edition and a fall edition built around the academic calendar for most schools. The next edition, the one that's being developed right now for the release in the spring, is going to be a focus on a biblical perspective of how to deal with technology 
and the digital world that you just mentioned. This one is going to be a really solid issue, but you can get back issues as well. If you go onto our site, there's a tab at the top menu to magazines, and there's a lot of different issues there. You can digitally read it. You can digitally get downloads, but yeah, thanks for that recommendation. It is a solid tool. We're blessed to have the resources to do that. And it's not focused on current events in a way that those back issues would be useless. There may be some current issues in there from time to time, but it is designed to be a long-term resource for your school. So those back issues are just as valuable as any future issues, although that technology issue sounds really fascinating. So thanks for that. The church ministry, and I've had a chance actually to listen to Jeff Keaton on a couple of occasions. I happened to go to a local church here in the greater Cincinnati area where he was going to be speaking and just saw as a result, I was a visitor to the church, but saw as a result of his presentation a renewed interest in this church in the greater Cincinnati area wanting to start a Christian school. And so one of the things that I wanted to say is if your church or if you're aware of a church that wanting to get into Christian education because we need them, this is a great time, I believe, for churches, especially in some areas, to have access to state funding and other opportunities, access to families that are looking to be served in that way. Maybe one of the first things you should do is seek to have Jeff Keaton and the Renew Nation team, whoever that might be, come out and address your church and make this a vision for your church, not just the pastor or the children's minister leader or whatever. And maybe you can speak a little bit into that, but that would be my high recommendation. Amen. Absolutely. In the past, there's not been as much of an understanding, but right now is a great time. The opportunity is very strong. There are parents that are frustrated, they're concerned and they see what's happening. And so the blinders are off right now. If you're a church that's had thoughts or a pastor that's had thoughts around it, certainly having Jeff come speak or one of our other team members come speak would be a great starting point to launch an effort as such. Yeah, absolutely. And then you mentioned grandparenting. And I feel like that is something that especially Mm -hmm. in our U.S. culture is so overlooked as far as the relationships of grandparents to their children. We understand that grandparents love to spoil their grandkids, but <laughs> when grandparents get to that retirement age, they either retire to the golf course or to another yeah. state, live in the good life because they've invested for years in their job and they want to just live life now. Or, and we're seeing a bigger trend, an uptick in multi-generational living where grandparents are sharing homes with their grandkids. And both extremes, I think grandparents in both extremes need to realize that it's not just about candy and cookies. There is a real opportunity there to pass on the faith to their grandkids. And so I'm grateful for the work there. I don't know if you have any additional details that you'd want to share from that resource from Dr. Mulvenhill. I think I got his name correct there, but check that resource out. We do multi-generational living in our home and I cannot testify enough to the value of having Grammy in the house with the kids to influence and feed into their lives. It's been very enriching. So absolutely. No, you did a great job. Dr. Mulvihill's actually his doctorate, his dissertation was on grandparenting. And Mm -hmm. that is where he started the spark. It was a gap. There wasn't much that had been done. And so he started with a couple other folks, a legacy coalition years ago that was really focused on that aspect in grandparenting. That's what he brings to Renewination is that passion for letting folks get a vision 
what the role of a grandparent biblically is supposed to look like and the design and what we're seeing today. There's a lot of grandparents that are raising their grandkids and that's created a more pressing need and more obvious need in some regard. Uh, but even for those that are not in that mode, their role, I know for me, Certainly my parents are in regard to the development and mentorship of who I am. But beyond that, behind that, my grandparents, my grandma in particular, two grandmas, wow. And I think that would probably be consistent with most people you talk to. But grandparents today really don't think that way. Their work's done, so they enjoy coming and visiting and, like you say, give some toys and candy. But the power that they can have on their grandchildren and influence that they have, they don't want to squander that. That's what these books and the conference that we do through Josh and his team, we have some other speakers that he uses as well to do that, is to help get a biblical perspective of grandparenting and how they can be influential in their grandchildren's lives. I would challenge the Christian school leaders that maybe tune into this podcast to just survey their car line any given day and start realizing the number of grandparents that are filling a need there right. and consider, is there a ministry that our school can provide to grandparents to encourage them and equip them and help them see themselves as more than just the taxi driver for the kids coming to your schools these days? So I would highly recommend people check that out. Ron, thank you so much for your time today and the work that you do. I don't know if there's any other resources from Renew a Nation that you'd like to highlight before we part ways today. I think there's one I'm trying to go through my head on the things that we do. We are in the midst of a lot of different things, but one that's going to be releasing this next month in November, today's discussion is October 27th, and that basically will be a weekly opportunity. It's going to be hosted by Ben Shetler of the Center for Truth and Love, and he will be interviewing a bunch of folks on a lot of different topics to understand what is a biblical perspective of gender identity, social justice, and you name it. So we'll be going through that. It'll be a great resource for folks to be able to use in shaping and cultivating their own biblical worldview. And then also understanding this is being supported and driven by Renew a Nation, and you'll get access and opportunity to learn more about what we can do to help in that regard also. I'll say the people here on the Curriculum Track team are keenly interested in that and look forward to being able to promote that as a resource to our Good. network as well. I was just reviewing my notes and I realized I wanted to ask you about something that I found on your website, the Viewfinder. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit about that tool and what it's designed to do? Sure. No, that's what I missed. So I'm glad you brought it up. No, it is a tool a team created here a few years ago, and it's graining traction now. More and more folks are starting to use it. But the intent of it was really to just create a development and discovery tool so folks could understand really what is their own biblical worldview? Where are their gaps with respect to their understanding from a biblical perspective of different areas? There's five different areas with six questions around each, and it's really to help Christians understand where their gaps are and help strengthen that with some resources and ideas of where they can understand what the biblical perspective and why that makes sense. And yeah, that's available. I think the price is like $5 or something like that. We've made it yeah. really low. So a lot of Christian schools are now starting to use that as an assessment point in their junior or senior year for their students 
to see where they're at, sort of geared at that age group in the sophomore, junior, senior would easily be able to take it. And then obviously parents, grandparents, et cetera, can take it as well. But it's a great tool for just creating some understanding of how we're doing around developing our students in these different areas of their understanding of life principles. And it's designed to be a self-diagnostic for personal reflection. That's a great tool. So thanks for sharing that. Ron, we've talked about a lot of things. Grateful for the Ministry of Renewing Nation and the work that you do there. Given your perspective in and out of schools, talking with school leaders, thinking about biblical worldview issues, I wanted to give you the final word before we parted ways today and just ask if you had the opportunity to address a teacher today, what would you encourage them to keep in mind as they stand before their classroom face their students, think about the calling that they have to change lives. How would you encourage them or equip them? Yeah, Luke 640 is what really always comes to my own mind around what we're doing at Renewing Nation. It's a great honor to do the things that we're doing. We're blessed to be able to minister to folks and help equip equippers, if you will, that are stewarding children. But that aspect of mentoring, training, developing with the understanding that they'll reflect their trainer gives me the question that I always ask others too is, how is your relationship with Jesus Christ? Have you cultivated an understanding of scripture and a walk with Christ that reflects him? So when I'm teaching in front, sitting in front of my students, are they hearing a biblical Christ-driven perspective on that I discuss. Uh, that's a weighty thought. It's a weighty responsibility. So again, I don't know if that's as much of encouragement as it is a challenge, but I think it's real, right? We have an opportunity to shape the future of not just the students that are in front of us. The students are in front of us will be fathers and mothers. They will have kids and grandkids saving the Lord doesn't return. The impact is a teacher is not in one generation. It is multi-generations that the role that we play will have on those students. Teach them how to lead, teach them how to steward, serve, listen well, organize. We're teaching character, not just principles of math. I thank you, teachers, for what you do. You are on the front lines battling what Renew a Nation wants to support. So I appreciate you. And if we can be a blessing and support in any way, we would be honored to do that. So thank you. Thanks a lot, Ron. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate you. Thanks for dropping by the Curriculum Track Teachers Lounge today. We hope this conversation helped you feel more connected to like-minded educators and provided you with a thought, an idea, or even just a smile as you seek to do all that you can for all of your students. If you found this conversation to be helpful, do us a favor and rate this podcast. Also, be sure to share it with others. We would be grateful to hear from you with any ideas, questions, or thoughts that you may have. You can find ways to connect with us at curriculumtrack.com.